my brothers of the sword. I'd rather fight beside you than any army of thousands. Let no man forget how menacing we are. We are lions. Do you know what's there? Waiting beyond that beach. Immortality. Shake it. It's yours. Welcome to the Bagel Boys Show. This is a movie podcast that's not meant to be taken seriously. Seriously. We go through different miniseries covering five-year-old films, franchises, and finally actors. This is an actor series on the films of Brad Pitt. Something funny that happened at work, and I thought I'd save it for the episode. A little story time. Oh, story time. It's a new segment on every episode. (laughs) So if people don't know, I have a nine-to-five office job. Very, very just classic office job, you know. Mm. Anyway, I emailed a customer yesterday. Is this going to get you fired? (laughs) Hopefully. Just kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. I love my job. (laughs) <laughs> no, but the email I got back from him today, all it said was, not even a question mark, just, who are you? <laughs> I need answers now. And I asked my boss if I could email back your worst nightmare. <laughs> she said no. Uh, <laughs> but I just thought that was just hilarious. I mean, who are you? I have an email signature. Coming from a customer, I can see why that'd be concerning. But also, email, it's not like you gave them like one of those chopped out like handwritten letters with like magazine, you know, uh, paste pasted well, in sentences. Don't do email. that often. <laughs> Says Daniel Foster of like, whatever, whatever company. Yep. So, there Any you go. funny stories at your job? Oh, that's right. You quit your job. Because <laughs> you're a quitter. This, I'm doing this full time now, baby. Full-time podcaster. With no sponsors. uh, A a dwindling audience. (laughs) That doesn't hit too close to home. We're going to be recording from a cardboard box on the side of the road next week. It'll just be... It's like the AM FM radio battle from Hot Rod. It's like, I'm like swearing by it. It's like, AM radio will live on. (laughs) Hey, Wes, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about... Oh, wait, wait, about... wait, wait, wait. We didn't, we didn't introduce ourselves. The audience is so confused. They don't know who they're listening to. So let me just say, welcome to the Bagel Boys Show. Welcome to the Bagel Boys Show. My name is not Wes. My name is Wes. And this is a mini-series. It's, a min- it's just a little one. It's a mini-series. Uh, about average size. Well, an average size series. <laughs> What's a regular size Bagel Boy series look like? <laughs> this is going to take three months. Yeah. <laughs> At yeah. least. This is a mini series on the films of Brad Pitt. It's an actor series. It is. Covering Mr. Bradley, the Pitster, of course. Mm-hmm. And the so, man himself. The man himself. He's coming off a of Baker's Dozen. Yeah, he is. He's riding high. Ooh. We got three, like, back to back to back movies where we're like, good job, Brad. I mean, what more can you say? What more? 
Well, I know what you could say. We could say that today we're talking about Troy and we have some thoughts. <laughs> I sure do hope he doesn't ruin his streak of good movies with this one. <laughs> I'm throwing my head back in laughter. It's <laughs> ah! a foreshadowing what's to come. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if this movie sucked? <laughs> what if you were on <laughs> the one yard line mm-hmm. and you threw the ball instead of ran it, Brad? <laughs> yeah. Um,. Are we showing our hand too soon? This no. this is kind of a dud. This is well. This is a two thousand four movie by Wolfgang Peterson, mm-hmm. uh, starring Brad Pitt. And this is kind of to jump into the pit stop here a little bit. He didn't do too much in between Oceans and this movie. No, Troy didn't. came out right before Oceans Twelve. In between, he had a few smaller projects. The and then the animated Sinbad cartoon from DreamWorks. Forgot about that one. I don't think I ever saw that, and if I did, I forgot. Must have been that good. Must have been that good. Brad Pitt does not strike me as a voice actor. Actor. He's mm. a great actor, but he's not like a George Clooney. Or he's great like in Megamind. A, yeah, but that's a really small role. Yeah, that's but he's Will got Ferrell's that charismatic movie. voice. And sure. That, yeah, I, I think he could be good. We ought to watch Sinbad after this. I guess so. Add it to the pit list. Add it to the pit list. <laughs> uh, Troy is one of those movies that came off of the hot hand that we all know and love, Gladiator, which... Wow! What a were you not had. entertained? <laughs> I was entertained. I was Russell Crowe. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Thanks I love that Scott. part where he checks with the audience, like, "Hey, you guys loving <laughs> this? <laughs> I'm. I am. I'm having fun." <laughs> he gestures to the other actors. You guys? Huh? <laughs> Joaquin Who's Phoenix does me? that thumbs down. Oh no, oh, Joaquin. Joaquin, get out of here! But yeah, so this is another sword and sandals movie that's kind of riding that train, and boy, does it ride that train to. The end of the stop. <laughs> the yeah. end of the line. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe my bias is showing because I'm not a big sword and sandal movie kind of guy. It's not a genre that excites me particularly. Is it a genre or is yeah, it one a of genre. those things? You got it's 300, not... you got this, you got... Uh, why are you looking at me like that? I'm not. I'm why ready. are you looking at me like no, that? No, I want you to... You look at me like I'm from Crazy Town. The first movie you mentioned was 300. Yeah. So keep going. Okay, I was going to say Gladiator. Sure. I was going to say all those Hercules movies with Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur, yeah. the remake of Ben-Hur. Lawrence of Arabia, does that count? Kind Cla- of, kind Clash of. of the Titan? No, not Lawrence Cla- of Arabia. Spart- Spartacus is the big one. Isn't it Lawrence set in the 60s? I thought uh, it was. Well, it's swordy and sandaly. If you wear sandals, <laughs> Jack Johnson could be in these movies. He's wearing sandals on that beach. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, sort of, not kind really. Of Ten Commandments. Yeah. Yeah. Those so, big historical epic type movies set in Egypt or, yes. or Rome, Rome, those Greece. All those it's not really my thing. Yeah. So I'm a little biased out the gate, I have to say. But mm-hmm. I do have positive things to say about this movie. Oh, so yeah. don't think we're gonna just take a big old massive crap on the bread. We're not gonna do that. That's not that's not our shtick. Our shtick is our not shtick. we we like to find the positives, talk the negatives and everything in between. Yes. That's what we like to do. Unless yes. the movie's The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Then it's... I just kind of go dark for two hours and wake up and thinking, oh, what happened? <laughs> what happened? But yeah, so... Troy. Troy, Troy, Troy. Let's do tomatoes. Okay. Let's get these tomatoes out of the way. I think I looked them up. They're out there. Did you? I think I did. Because we're going to test it now because Uh-oh. I'm looking at them. Okay, so you're looking no at no going them. back this week. No going back. All right. Credit consensus is a brawny, entertaining spectacle, but lacking emotional resonance. 
quick to the point. It is. Can we just say, good job, Rotten Tomatoes. Hey, good you job for once. I have to stumble over myself like an idiot <laughs> trying to read how much, 50 words that all sound the same. <laughs> how much did you practice? I, dude, I've been at this since 6 a.m. this morning. Uh, the critics gave us a 60. 54. Okay. Plus. Uh, audience is fresh, so it's a bit higher. That's like a 75, right? 73. 73. So, yeah. You're, close. You're in the ballpark. You're playing ball. I, I'm scores. here to play ball. Where do we want to start with this thing? Well, let's get the big thing out of the way here yeah. first. So, this isn't your book adaptation that's like The Hunger Games or Harry Potter or Percy Jackson. Mm-hmm. This isn't like some young adult novel no. being adapted. This is Homer's Iliad. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, a little book you may have heard of. Right. So, this isn't some sort of thing you can kind of just throw together and make a few movies or even one movie and try to tell the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So they're already kind of shooting themselves in the foot with that, and so we're we're not we're not some book club here. We're not going to just harp on the whole oh the book is better and everything. Not to juggle this around too much. You're trying to adapt something that is much larger than a two or even a, whatever this is three hour and fifteen minute movie with the extended edition. It's like one hundred and sixty some odd minutes, one hundred seventy minutes regular, and then. About 193, I think. Yeah. So the only way to truly do it justice is probably do a series, right? Yeah, which I think there are a few, uh, like History Channel documentary kind yeah. of style nerds. I mean, okay, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing a movie podcast. <laughs> I'm acting all high and mighty. Yeah. <laughs> nerds <laughs> history, as if we didn't just come up with a whole Spider-Man series. <laughs> But yeah, so that's one of the biggest things. So a lot of the criticisms you could draw from that, and I'll pick on some of the things. Mm-hmm. We'll try to avoid those as much as we possibly can is what I'm trying to say. It's a timeless piece of literature history. Plain and yeah, simple. Yeah, plain and simple. It's hard to condense that down. Back to Brad slightly before we get into his section. I remember the marketing for this movie as like... Brad Pitt, he is now like this is his this movie. is the thing you know. Yeah. For the longest time, you know, being a dumb child, I was like, oh, his name is Troy. Uh, <laughs> this is a movie about Brad with a sword. He's yeah. got long hair. He's running around. I didn't see it when it came out, but the marketing of this movie was "Come See Brad," and it made it was the sixth highest grossing movie of that year. Yeah, it did it did, did well. well. It did well. People like the big kind of epics. Remember, this is also coming off the time of Lord of the Rings, so people at this right. point were kind of conditioned to the longer three hour long epic fantasy esque movies. Yep. So this wasn't, even though it's very different from those movies, it's not hard to ask of an audience. Where right. I feel like. This wasn't necessarily the nail in the coffin, but this is one of the last good kind of sword and sandals movies to come out. Three Hundred's kind of its own thing, but since then you've had that like Exodus, Gods and Kings movie. You had the Clash you and Wrath of the Titans movies. Yeah. There was that Gods of Egypt movie that no, came out, no. like in twenty sixteen. There was a there was a lot of like, I want them back. I want the sword and sandal movies to come back. In a you way. do? Yeah, because mm. I know you said you're not a fan of them, but all of the better ones are a lot older. Like Gladiator and all those, even prior to it, those were the best ones. So, kind of missing it a little bit. Kind of similar to the Western genre, you know? Even though those really haven't completely died, there's always a Western or two every year. 
and they've usually been replaced some, with like the neo westerns, like the Hell or High Waters, or the No Country, like and stuff yeah. Like that. And those are great, obviously. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we haven't really had a good sword and sandals movie since you know whatever your opinion is. So be that as it may, I think the biggest thing that I took away from the movie is. One, oddly enough, the James Horner score. I'm a big James Horner fan. The score is great. Oh, I was going to say it's okay. Oh, okay. Mediocre. I enjoy the score quite a bit. Tell me why you like it. Why do you like the score? I don't know. I just felt like it was one of the few things this movie that was like, okay, if we're going to do this, I mean, I don't know, this genre, as I kind of hit on earlier, I feel like it's easy to be a dime a dozen kind of situation where it's like, oh, another sword and sandal movie. But I feel like this score kind of stood out for me. And it like, I don't know. Hmm. I felt like it was really tense when it needed to be. And I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. No, that's fine. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like things. Dude, I'm just saying like, I don't know. I'm just a, a fan of his other works more. What That's other all. ones did he do? Tell the audience. Titanic, Avatar. He's mainly working with James Cameron. Yeah. Uh, Jumanji, Braveheart. Those are the big ones. He did Commando. So he did like... the Magnificent Seven remake. Aliens. That's the other James Cameron you one. You mentioned Titanic. I think you're thinking of Celine Dion. Oh, you know what? You're right. Yeah, I know. I get him confused too. James Horner, Celine Dion. But uh, the other thing I want to say as far as, like, the movie kind of pieces together, because we'll pick apart, like, the acting and performances later on, the writing in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's not terrible, but it's there's something that's not quite there. It's terrible. There's a lot of lines, and I don't know where this falls, because there's some actors who can pull off the writing really well. Uh, we'll get into those guys later, but there's a handful of them where it's like, there's a lot of like, every line is supposed to be like some big, like weighty thing. And I just kind of either roll my eyes or kind of yawn at every like kind of big monumental speech or some sort of line a character gives. And I'm like, but that's the "Ah." problem with these movies though. That's the characters. They're very stoic and everything they have to say is supposed to be epic and whoa. And we are lions. Yeah. Like everything needs to be like that. So, but that's kind of what you're working with, with the genre. You could say that the same with Westerns almost. I completely disagree, but continue your point. No, that was my point. Oh, okay. Well, no. <laughs> I don't like what you're saying. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I need you to leave. What do you like that I'm saying today? What I'm saying is when there's a performance that stands out, mm-hmm. and it's the only one that does, to me it kind of raises questions like, is this actor doing a really good job oh, with in a this bad movie, script? There was one yeah. Or is it, oh, all these other actors just are bad and this is one good actor. I'm keening, leaning towards... More of, okay, the actors don't have a lot to work with. And in other movies, that's not always the case. In Gladiator, you do have those things. And yeah, there's some lines in Gladiator, for example, that are, you could say, are kind of hokey if someone else delivered them. But everything gels a lot more. This one, there seems to be a a rift between, like, okay, that was supposed to land a little bit more than (laughs) what they intended, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but so many of these actors in this movie, we'll get to it, are miscast, I think. Y- yeah. You could Some, replace you could half replace, this cast yeah. with different actors, and it'd be a much better movie. So It was trying to capitalize, kind of like we said, on, on certain things, and um, 
we'll get into Orlando Bloom. He was definitely one of them that's kind of just thrown in there along with the Lord of the Rings kind of thing where if, if that wasn't a thing, Orlando Bloom wouldn't be 50 yards close to the set of this movie. He'd be long gone. Yeah. Back to the what, writing slightly. Yeah. Just want to point out, <laughs> he's sticking out like a sore thumb because I immediately after watching this for the episode, I was like, okay, what's going on with the script here? I pulled it up and who did I see? Our friend... David Benioff from the Game of Thrones hit series that everyone loved the ending of. Uh, didn't cause any controversy. Didn't cause here. any kind of rift or any kind of uproar at all. Fired series. from Star Wars, Dave. Fired from Star Wars, Dave Benioff? What? Did he get fired or did he quit? Oh, they left due to creative differences. We know what that means. Yeah, it means, he hey, we don't like it when fans get upset. That's Star yep. Wars stick. We need yep. to over course to correct before the fans get upset. He was out of there. Which... Again, I don't think he's horrible, but looking at his other movie credits, which the other top one is X-Men Origins Wolverine, I don't know, like... Did you just call me Blob? Yeah. I don't get why certain writers are, like, adapting things when clearly, when left to their own devices, it doesn't really work. I mean, obviously, Game of Thrones was massively successful, but for Mm -hmm. the longest time, it was really just kind of, from what I experience with the show and reading about the books and whatnot it was mainly because of the source material and as soon as the source material ran out uh that's when the problems really started to show their head and then this one you've got another kind of fantasy epic you're adapting and it just doesn't work and i think more so because of what he's adapting in this one it just doesn't play well to a movie that being said a lot of the mis steps you can make with characterization and like the lines and stuff it's like you're kind of making them the best parts of this movie are usually when no one's talking it's usually in the set pieces the action the spectacle of it all it's not in these smaller character developed kind of moments yeah yeah you're right <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's just kind of the truth well I'm, i'll get in some positives the one thing i just mentioned the set pieces. Set piece. Doesn't the costumes. Great. The fights are great. Oh, dude, yeah. I, I think some of the... By the way, that whole scene where the fireballs are being catapulted, mm-hmm. that's great. They should have played goodness gracious great balls of fire during that scene, but that's fine. Uh, totally, but, they, I think I have a feeling like they almost <laughs> it could have. They could have snuck it in there. Maybe uh, in the Ultimate Edition. This movie is gritty. You see a baby being thrown in this movie? Yeah, there's a... That, they don't mess around. So no. I think actually the all the... As far as these types of movies go, I felt like the battles were really pretty great. So I enjoyed all... And there's, what, four or five battle scenes in this movie. I like the one a lot with Paris and then that fight scene before oh, yeah. he runs back to oh, the do- yeah, the Well, duel. it has a really nice uh, POV shot in the helmet. It yeah. makes things... And I know that sounds kind of like a gimmick. In this movie, and other movies have tried it, in this movie, for some reason, it's used sparingly, but it's very effective when it does. It makes you feel very intimidated, like you're on this huge battlefield, but you're just squaring off against this huge guy who's you know, <laughs> a lot more experienced in battle and hand-to-hand and sword combat. And it just makes you feel like a scared little boy. <laughs> yeah, I was scared. Yeah. I liked in the beginning how Brad Pitt fought uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Do you remember that? Yeah. That guy looks so much like him. And that Brad a very just. Quick, quick fight. Yeah, he takes him down in like two seconds. Good just char- like he doesn't snatch. Good character. Brad. Intro. Yeah. He's killing it. 
Killing people. <laughs> He's killing people, that's for sure. I think one of my favorites, so even though it's kind of a ripoff, I got a lot of uh, Saving Private Ryan vibes from when they stormed the beach a bit. Just the way it's shot and everything. The Invasion of Normandy? Yeah. Well, then they get onto the beach and everything, and they're running up the hills. It kind mm-hmm. of tries to capture that aesthetic where everything's kind of sporadic. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that quite works. The Some of the other battle sequences work a lot more. That one I felt like it was really well choreographed. Like you said, the set pieces and everything and the effects are pretty well done, especially for the time. Yeah. But I feel like if they just shot it more in a grandiose way or from a different angle or less cutting, because the, in the war movie, Saving Private Ryan, it works a lot better just because it, you, it puts you in the, the mind of Tom Hanks. And this one, mm-hmm. you're not following any one character, and I think that's where it, it kind of falls flat slightly. But the rest of them are, are really well done. I'd say like 90% of the fight scenes are really engaging in the movie. Yeah. 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 Can we talk about Brad for a bit? Brad Pitt? Can I, can I do the my The titular speech? Pitt in the series? Yes. I'll let you do your speech. But our, I got a speech yeah. about Bradley. All right. All right. So sit yourself down. I'm sitting. <laughs> You're sitting already. I've been standing this whole time. <laughs> I'm going to show my hand. And say I'm gonna give him the pits, and he, but I want to tell you why. Well, wait, what, the pits? You mean? Oh, oh, oh the Brad the, scale. The Brad scale. You got the pits, which is the lowest. Yeah, of the, the pits, low. the lowest of the low. You the, got the bad Brad. You got the tad Brad. You got mm-hmm. the rad Brad. You got the Brad to the bone. Brad to the bone. So you're giving them the pits. I'm giving the pits the lowest of the low, and here's why. There's two big reasons. All right. Number one, let's think about Brad Pitt for a while. What makes Brad Pitt Brad Pitt? There are certain actors like Brad Pitt. You got Will Smith is another example I thought of. Okay. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. All okay. three of those guys are super charismatic. That's yeah. kind of what makes them them. So you think about Brad Pitt and Glorious Bastards. He's not sure. the main character, nope. Aldo Rain. But he's what you're talking about on the way home after you see the movie because of his charisma and he just kind of steals the show in almost every movie he's in. Yeah. Snatches the same story. Yeah. Very minor character, but... That Brad, he stole the movie. He's just got that charisma and that likability. They stripped that away completely in this movie because he's stoic. And he has two scenes where he shows emotion, right. which are terrible. I'm sorry. But the scene where he finds out his cousin. Cousin. Which finds is, out his cousin by the dead. way, it's supposed to be his best friend slash lover, which is a whole nother thing. Oh, really? <laughs> they changed that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> his cousin. So when he finds out he's dead, he does that ridiculous thing where he steps in the guy's throat and he, you know, chokes Rose Byrne. And I'm rolling my eyes because that's just not Brad. That's not what he does. And I feel like that's kind of not all on him. I feel like it's mostly the director in the studio being like, hey, we need a a big A-list celebrity on this picture. We got to get the Brad man in here. And it's just not right at all. That's not what makes Brad good in a movie or likable. So I feel like that just kind of fails. Uh, Russell Crowe is good at it because he's not that charismatic of an actor. I'm Mm. not saying he's bad, but that's just his style of acting. If you had put Eric Bana in the lead role in this movie, I think it would have been a better movie. Second, I would say... Before you make your second point, bounce off your first point. It's funny that all these other movies were kind of talking about how he steals the show Mm -hmm. in a way. This movie, I know he's not really the main... There's really no main character in this movie, which is a problem. Anyways, 
this movie, especially the way it was marketed and the amount of screen time he gets and the way his character is throughout the movie, mm-hmm. he's supposed to be the main guy. And the movie's basically handing itself over to Brad. Yeah. It's funny that the other movies, he steals the show. This movie's like, here you go, Brad. This is your movie. And Brad's like, no. I don't yeah, he want doesn't it. want it. He's like shaking his head like a toddler eating Mm-mm. broccoli. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. no, thank you. You <laughs> sack of wine. I don't want this movie. <laughs> so my second point kind of ties in. It's a little similar, but he's also a very emotional actor. You think about something as Snatch, if he doesn't have that much of a role in it. Yeah. But he goes through three three types of emotion. He starts out as being kind of the wisecracking you know, street fighter. Yeah. He has that great scene where he's crying when he sees his mother burning down in the Winnebago. Mm-hmm. And in the third scene, he's like this drunk loser who's just like kind of down and out. This movie, it doesn't give him like any wiggle room. It's just yeah, stoic. Like I said, he's serious at the whole movie. I feel like he can't really pull that off. The only, which is funny because in Ad Astro, he's brooding and he's serious but he has a lot of emotional weight to his character. He goes through, you know, different scenes for showing anger and sadness and joy at the end. And I feel like they just don't give him any of that in this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, he plays it more... He has that scene where he cries over Eric Bana's dead body. That's, yeah, but... that's my favorite thing he does. But he plays, yeah. you say stoic and I say like nuanced when he doesn't need to be these characters are supposed to be kind of larger than life and believe in like their beliefs and kind of a grandiose way and brad's more like you said brooding Mm -hmm. i don't know if i would go as far to say that someone else would have cast would have been better i just think brad plays it wrong so i won't give him the pits i'll just give him bad brad because he's not good in the movie he's just not plain and simple there's no way to cut around that but i feel like he could be better because I've seen him better. He could have been better if the writing was different, I think. Yeah, and that's the thing, yeah. kind of getting back to it. And we'll get into more of it in supporting distracting. But it's one of those things that I feel like if he would have just played it slightly differently, we could have had a better movie. The writing doesn't do him any favors. But also, if the movie itself knew what it wanted to tell with its characters, no. like it's not a confused movie necessarily but when it comes to the characters that's the thing it fumbles the most and so everybody kind of, there's a lot of the majority of the actors kind of suffer because we've seen all these actors do well in other things mm-hmm. this one's not really interested into the characters at all yeah but it spends a lot of time trying to be you know what i mean it's there it's it doesn't ignore yeah. them entirely it's like oh yeah that's right we should probably do some of the characters if it would have just focused on the spectacle and was like didn't give any rips about the characters, I think it'd be fine, and we wouldn't yeah. care. Because uh, they try to make much. almost a love story in the middle of it, yeah, which, that's very it which is yeah, it falters because it's just there's nothing to grab onto because I don't feel like yeah. just the script lends any favors to any of the characters. It's out of nowhere too uh, with those characters with Achilles and then uh, Rose Bruce, it, it, Yeah, it doesn't make any sense because all yeah. of a sudden he meets this. Can we just jump into Roseburn because of my point? It's we can little... talk about her character. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't make any sense to me because he meets her because she's captured. Yeah. She's in his tent. They have mm-hmm. a two-minute conversation. Nothing flirtatious or anything, I don't think. She gets taken to Brian Cox's tent, and he's basically, basically saying he's going to rape her. Right. And he gets upset, which good he's upset about it but he acts like he's so defensive like it's his girl like you sack of wine and yeah. stuff it's like dude you just met her and it's like so forced and then she likes him for why does she like him because he's brad pitt 
yeah. He's working to destroy her city, <laughs> kill her family and friends, but... He's hey. Brad Pitt. Those abs, though. <laughs> I just don't get the relationship at all. The biggest offense was the later scene, where he, like, goes into Troy and, like, yeah. goes, you know, searching so passionately to find her and save her. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing? What? Why? Why is this yeah. happening? Yeah. And he chokes weird. her out, and she forgives him. He doesn't even apologize for anything. She just goes no. right back to him. I'm like, okay, he was strangling you a couple minutes ago. It's fine. <laughs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. His character, Achilles, is the biggest one they kind of fart around with so much to speak. I mean, it's true. There's no other Achilles way. Achilles to... more like fart Achilles. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> He's a real heel, this guy. Am I right? So, yeah, he's the pits for me. You're giving a bad Brad? I'm giving bad Brad, yeah. yeah. Why? It's one of those things. He, My thing is he's so angry. And I'm not against that. That's fine. Angry Brad doesn't mean it's bad. But mm-hmm. my whole thing is... Wait, they don't even again, they runs. don't even explain it and they don't even explain it in like a lazy way. Like why yeah. is there this big internal conflict? Like that to me is slightly interesting that he is so defiant of these generals that he's serving. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's a hired gun that acts like he doesn't want to be a hired gun. It's like, well, okay, then then don't. Like if you're yeah. <laughs> like you don't have to. I know we're harping on him, but two more points. Oh boy. This is ultra picky, but I don't really buy Brad Pitt as being like this really skilled swordsman. Really? It just looks silly to me, like when he's dancing around with his cousin and they're doing that little banter and he's wearing the crop top. Okay. No, I just don't buy it because I kind of like Brad as that brawler type, you know, like Tyler Durden and Mickey. Just, I don't know. I just feel something about this role is just everything that Brad is not. So I'm like, what are you doing here, Brad? Yeah. I think I that's know. the thing where the the small moments where I see it kind of shine through where it's like, oh, that's right. Brad Pitt, famous actor, really good at his job, yeah. shines through. That's why I'm like, okay, it could have been done a lot better like somewhere yeah. and it could have been done well. And I try to imagine that, but this is another thing. So to to get into more of this, like the broad strokes of the movie, obviously this is the story of Helen of Troy the Trojan horse, the Trojan war between the Greeks and the Trojans. So we have this, again, I'm generalizing here. It That's a big story to cover, you know? Uh-huh. So while you're watching this kind of play out, there's a weird mix of stuff that's kind of going on here. You know, Queen of Sparta, Helena, you know, leaves her husband to sail back to Troy with Paris, who's the prince of Troy. And so... A lot of the reactions to that are weird, where Hector kind of scolds him. Hector is Paris's older brother, played by Eric Bana. Paris is played by Orlando Bloom. Helena Troy, Diane Kruger. Okay, anyways, Peter O'Toole. He plays like the king of Troy, and his reaction oh, is the weirdest. He? And he's kind of like, oh, welcoming her with open arms. After this was like a peace mission with the Trojans. So all this stuff, like the character motivations are all over the place. So it's not, that's my final thing on Brad's point. Where it's like, as much as I don't like him in this movie, there's a lot of like other things that are bigger leaps to plan. Because then, uh, not to harp on the book too much again, but I believe 
Paris and Achilles were both dead before the Trojan horse thing even happened. So all this really? extra stuff that's so bad. It's again, it's the adapted stuff that doesn't work, mm-hmm. you know. And again, I point back to Mr. Benioff sitting in the corner over there. It's like, okay, why did you have to? Why did you do that? Because Brad Pitt's a movie star. That's why. Exactly. So yeah, uh, credit where credit yeah. it needs to be shamed, I guess. <laughs> and as far as the motivations, that's the other thing about Brad's character. I like that all the men, the main men in this movie, all have their own personal reasons for wanting to go to war. Mm-hmm. They all have different reasons. Right. Brad's the one that makes the least sense to me because he's going into war because of legacy. It's like, and but that's the thing he does. He plays it in such a weird, like angry sort of exactly. way. Exactly. But I'm just like, okay, what are you so mad about? <laughs> yeah. And why is it so worth it for your legacy that you're willing to just go in and attack the city? You have nothing against this or their people. Yeah. It doesn't. I don't. And you have I nothing going for, for you with the no, generals. No. All the other yeah. ones make sense. Like. Kind of. Uh, I mean, yeah. Their motivations do a little bit more, but their reactions yeah. to things are all over the map. Paris is kind of let's makes sense. yeah. Let's jump into the supporting and distracting here. So you've got uh, Orlando Bloom as Paris, Eric Bana as Hector, the Princes of Troy, uh, Brian Cox as King Agamemnon, Sean Bean plays Odysseus, uh, Brendan Gleeson plays Menelaus, and Diane Kruger plays Helena, and Peter O'Toole as Priam. And Rose Byrne! Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne. One of my Side favorite bar. actresses. Rose Byrne is Brissais. Rose Byrne? This is, a, this is now the Rose Byrne <laughs> miniseries. I would She's do a Rose Byrne miniseries. I'm a big Rose Byrne we'll, fan. We'll get, out of, we'll get this one out of the way. I, we love Rose Byrne. Friend of the show. Big thumbs up. She couldn't make it today. Couldn't make it today, unfortunately. But you know what? She gets dealt like the worst hand in this yeah. movie, I think, because great actress, but talk about not a lot to do, and Wasted. just kind of gets thrown around Completely like wasted. an She's object. there because yeah. Brad Pitt needs a love interest. Basically, Only yeah. reason he's there. Yeah. I, I, That's why yeah. I hate it. It's just like, don't have her at all. He doesn't need one. No. And if she you know the story, you know he's going to die at the end. Right. So it's just... And what it doesn't we, add we, anything to that whatsoever. Take it. Even yeah. if he lived, even if he just disappeared from yeah. the movie. That's what I mean by, like, she. she's he, not horrible in the movie. She's one of the few that I might say is somewhat supporting, just because she's not terrible. But I yeah. think a lot of that has to do with the fact that she's not given a lot to do. Nope. So is that, like, saying, okay, the more you're given, like, the worse you are? I think I think so. <laughs> Sadly. But we'll give Rose Byrne the supporting just to shout out our girl Rose Byrne. Uh, let's talk Eric Bana and Orlando Bloom. Okay. Let's talk Mr. Bana first. So I'm not a big Eric Bana fan. I, the stuff I've seen him in, I've never been impressed by him. Mm-hmm. This might be one of my favorite roles I've seen really? him play. Huh. I feel like he's his motivation makes the most sense to me. Right. He's, Fighting for duty for his country and for his family. Yep. I get it. He loves his brother. He loves his brother and his wife. He's not cheating on his wife, this mm-hmm. guy. He, no, he sir. gets the opportunity at the beginning, but he says, nope. No, sir. Going home to my wife. Yep. I'm doing it. His the best, The best uh, moral compass in the movie. Yeah. And I feel like... And he, he suffers for it. Yeah. He fits the bill of this movie, and I feel like he plays the part yeah. exactly how it should. So I give him a big old supporting... Yeah, I would say so too. He's got one of the 
not more egregious things, but when I talked about earlier the script giving more grandiose, weighty kind of lines that don't pay off, he and uh, Brad Pitt's Achilles have a a big speech at the end of the first battle that's kind of like, okay, what are you guys doing? You're kind yeah. of dancing around each other, talking with big words instead of swinging your swords, and I Are you talking about after he ransacks the temple? Yeah, right? oh. after that. It's kind of weird. It's a weird kind of back and forth they have there. Yeah, why are we talking? Why aren't we fighting? <laughs> right, there's a lot of that. We'll get into that. But, okay, so Orlando Bloom, or before, or Eric Bana, thumbs up. I'll give yeah. you some part here. Orlando Bloom, I think it's like the first ever like double thumbs down because, one... It's such a clear Legolas ripoff. You're playing off of this whole heartthrob kind of young star. Mm-hmm. You have him be Paris, steal the wife, and then this whole time he's like running away from conflict any chance he gets. And then at the very end, he's like, oh, actually, I'm going to kind of fight. And then King Agamemnon again kind of says, or no, uh, someone tells him to run again. Yeah. And he runs away. Again, but yeah. then he goes back and he he kills Achilles. It's yeah. it's all he's all over the place. He's just there to kind of look attractive. I'm Go gonna give him a supporting because oh, he's boy. doing it well. What? He's playing an unlikable wimp. Well, that's not what I'm saying. What but I'm you're saying, saying is he's a thumb d- his character's he's, a thumbs down. No, obviously, his performance is a thumbs down. Oh no, I disagree. He's, I think he's doing his. The job the well. character's motivations are all over the place. It doesn't make sense. And he is just there to shoot a bow and arrow a few times at the end. He that gets, was a legless ripoff. He doesn't show like any of the... He doesn't show fear particularly well. He doesn't really show this emotion. Like I don't even buy him as like a horny guy like trying to steal away this you know queen of another nation. He's kind, It's this very lackluster... I don't believe the passion between him and Helena. That's the big thing. No, that's bad. But I don't know. To me, it's like he serves the purpose well of being this little wimp who's so selfish and starts this huge war, basically, because he just wanted... He <laughs> and, just, and no consequences. No consequences at all. He gets to In walk that away scene with where he like runs away from the duel and hides behind Eric Bana, yeah. I thought that was great because it was like... You just hate his character so much. And I think Orlando Blue is not an intimidating... He's. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's kind of a wimpy-looking guy. <laughs> it's easy for us to say <laughs> behind our computer yeah. microphone. <laughs> is he behind me? <laughs> uh, no, but I, I feel like he does it well. I just have seen him better in other things. He's and, been better in other things. And yeah, he, it, yeah. It's just, I don't get it. I don't buy it. I'm giving him a thumbs down. Uh, Brian Cox as King Agamemnon. Again, this one is like... The character motivations, again, are kind of lacking something. At least with him, when you're saying that you buy Orlando Bloom as like this kind of, you know, skittish young boy, mm-hmm. I buy this Brian Cox as this really like obtuse, just kind of awful dictator who doesn't care about anyone or anything other than, like, immediately what's in front of him. Kind of uh-huh. like a big pig, basically. Yeah. I don't think he has a lot of great dialogue. And so, again, I'm trying to separate the writing from the acting, but how can you? Uh, I think I could say he's supporting, maybe, but I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence with him. I don't have a lot to say about him. I'm the opposite. Uh, We're missing each other. He's are you? A, are you he's a thumbs, thumbs down, down for me. That's fine. No, I'm not gonna no, defend him. I, I, some, you know, 
I'm trying to not say it because it's such a cliche. None of these movies make any sense because you got white British people playing these roles. It never makes any sense. Yeah. But for some reason, Brian Cox just sticks out like a sore thumb to me. Mm-hmm. To me, it's just he does not look or act the part at all of like a evil, I'm going to, is it Greek king? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It just doesn't look the part. I think as an acting job, he does fairly well. Yeah. But to me, it's like, what is this guy doing in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> so I, he's a trying thumbs down for me. Trying to Troy. That's what he's yeah, trying he to Yeah, he is. Uh, get this one out of the Diane Kruger as Helena. Mm. That's like a passionless kind of thing, again. Yeah. Where I know she's good. She's good in other things. She's there to show boobs. I mean, <laughs> I guess so, yeah, yeah, kind of. And it's kind of sad, it's too, because she's, again, talk about the women kind of getting written off. And I know that's kind of playing to the source material, kind of. That's kind of... But she, the whole thing with her character is, again, I'm not going to get into the book stuff, but the whole thing was she, the person she's married to, she has the right to mm-hmm. the throne. She's the queen. You could have played on that angle. But no, the movie disregards that entirely, writes that out, and it's just a, you know, envy kind of jealous love story of try- this, you know, person trying to get back his woman, and that's it. When yeah. you could have had what it was supposed to be originally, the fact that she's the queen, she whoever she's with has, you know, the seat to the throne, basically. Mm-hmm. But they write that out of the movie, too. So, yeah. again, yeah, she's just kind of there to be objectified, and that's... She's kind a good actress it. too. She was yeah. good in uh, National Bastards. Treasure. Yeah, National yeah. Treasure and Glorious Bastards. And mm-hmm. she's been good. So yeah. it's a Rose Byrne thing all over again. It's yeah. just not a lot to do. She's the damsel in distress. Yep. And again, you could have done you could have had a lot of interesting angles with her character, and you just don't. Yep. Peter O'Toole. <laughs> God bless Peter O'Toole. Cause man, do we have someone who can just get their hands dirty with this script? <laughs> And just polish this turd and make it shine because what an actor. Wesley texted me and said it was like an established British actor showed up to a middle school play. And it was like, let's get down to business. Come on. This place sucks. Let's do something good. It's it's so weird because I might go like full circle on this one where it's it's almost distracting how good he is compared to the other yeah, actors. It's so true. You know, I, he is he does a really good job. The most quiet scene where he goes to Achilles Ugh, in the tent scene. after Achilles kills his son in front of him, he plays the role with such like established wisdom. And patience and just the way which he handles the dialogue, even though it's not great, somehow works. It's like a magic trick when you watch it. And again, it's just a testament to his acting where he's able to find a way Mm -hmm. to say these lines in his scenes with the tempo. And and he's able to just steal every scene he's in, basically. Even though the motivations, just like every other character, aren't always consistent even though he's not really given a whole lot to do, when it's his turn to come up to the plate, it's a home run. Oh, he's swinging. He's swinging for the fences. This is the second best role. It doesn't beat Anton Ego in Ratatouille. (laughs) Anyone can cook. He doesn't like that rat. He does not like that rat. And he he doesn't like food, Wes. He loves it. (laughs) And if he doesn't love it... He doesn't swallow. (laughs) 
Thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, Garrett Hedlund. Huge thumbs down. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little pipsqueak. I was so glad when he died. That was one of those scenes <laughs> where I was like, for half a second, because I didn't know where the movie was kind of going. Mm-hmm. He puts on, he's the cousin of Achilles in this movie. Not really in the text, but in the movie he is. Yeah. And he runs around and he like inspires the troops in the scene to lead another siege, but he puts on Achilles, Brad Pitt's armor and basically pretends to be Achilles. And so he leads the troops into battle and Hector kills him. And everyone's like, oh, oh no. Oh dear. It's just a young boy. And everyone in that battle just kind of was like, all right, we've had enough for today. Sean Bean <laughs> comes onto the scene. Yeah. It's kind of like, that's that's enough bloodshed. It's like, wait, hold on a second. Yeah. We just saw babies being thrown, a full-on war here. And because this guy who's maybe five years younger than a, an average soldier gets killed, who's also slain a few of your soldiers just 15 seconds beforehand, we're just calling it a day? Drawing the line there. That's Like, what? What? You gotta <laughs> draw the line somewhere. That was the most jarring thing. And I will say, this movie's not completely ho- helpless or terrible. It's not. It's really not. I know we're talking a lot of negatives. The spectacle of it is something that can be pretty entertaining at times. But there's this movie has a very quick margin of what I like to call is this a bad movie? And if you get off that train, that train's going down the station. If you get off the first or second stop, you'll be able to save yourself and enjoy the rest of the movie and be like, okay, this is going to be a bad movie. And you'll be able to, you know, find the redeeming qualities. If you stay on that train too long where you're kind of teetering back and forth, like, is this good? Is this bad? By the time you get past the halfway point, it's going to ruin it for you. That's kind of what happened to me because I didn't get off that train until that point when they're like, okay, everybody, one life has been taken who's maybe like <laughs> a few years younger. And let's all just call it quits for this battle. And yeah. everyone on both sides just goes home they go, over, right. over a conversation. <laughs> I think that's how it happened in real life. Right? Oh, yeah? I think so. I could see it. That's, yeah, that was the point at which I was like, uh oh. Okay, so this is a bad movie. It's a bad movie. <laughs> yeah, thumbs down for him. I'd say the cast overall is not doing a great job, but more so the script isn't doing a good job. Yeah. Doing Sean no favors. Bean doesn't die oh, in this movie. Oh my gosh, how did I almost forget? He doesn't that? die. What is the formula here? How did he not die? He dies in every movie. It's in his contract. Oh, dude, not oh. enough, Sean Bean. Dude, he doesn't die in Percy Jackson either. He plays Zeus. Sean Bean plays what? Zeus and Percy Jackson? Yeah. Does he really? Dude, I'm not making this up. What if that's the through line? What if it's like Greek mythology type oh. movies? That's the kicker. Sean Bean will live. It's a movie about Greek mythology. It's probably in his contract There's somewhere. only two examples we have here, which is Troy and Percy Jackson. So, um, wow, how about not that? Not enough. I love Sean Bean. Bless him. Why didn't they make the sequel with him in it? That could have been interesting, right? I mean, these people didn't know what they were doing. Well, no. <laughs> not completely, no. <laughs> they should have. The movie made a decent amount of money, it too. A lot so, of money. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I don't know. Scratch, it, they my, scratch my head. I mean, I'm not saying I want that, but yeah. it seems kind of odd that they didn't. Brendan Gleeson? Did we talk about him yet? We talked. Uh, I think we skipped over him, but he's, again, he... 
fits. What are you going to say? He He's fits, adequate. Yeah. He's kind of in the same realm as Brian Cox, where it's just kind of a British guy yeah. in the movie. Better yeah. in other things. It, he kind of echoes the, everything else that we've kind of said about other people. Uh, Sorry, I yeah. do want to say, as far as the cast goes, a lot of good boys in this movie. The first shot, you see a good boy. Very oh, first scene. Oh, dog. Doggies, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some doggos. You see a bunch of good boys. Sean Bean's got a good boy. He's, uh-huh. he's like, he doesn't, wanna, of dogs. he doesn't want to go to work, so he'll miss his pupper. Remember? What? He said, like, I'll miss him, and he, like, kisses a snout. Dude, uh-huh. he loves that dog. Yeah. A lot of good boys. Good boys. I, I like it. Um, More dogs in movies, please. Supporting. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. The whole cast is now supporting because yeah. of the dog. All right. Back to Brad. Back to Brad. It is a Brad Pitt miniseries. Womp, womp. What's the do? Was he snacking? And was he a snack? What's the do? So this is the most, like, he's got the flowy locks. Was it a wig? Shay said it was. I don't think it is. Uh, I don't think it was, but it didn't look too great. No, it didn't look good at all. Mm. It looks like spaghetti. Yeah. It looks like a flowing <laughs> lion's mane. We are lions, Daniel. She's lions. Uh, so what's, it is different though. If we're just going to talk hair yeah. for a second here, I guess it's not the buzz cut. It's not it's, the greasy. It's just a very like, hmm, long hair. He's showing off a little that, bit. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth can pull it off better. Uh, sure. Sorry, Brad. Okay. Sorry, dude. That's fine. Uh, was he snacking? A little bit. Oh yeah, he Got was. a little snacks. Little snacks here and there. A little grapes, a little fruit tray. Oh yeah. <laughs> is he drinking wine? He's drinking wine. He's drinking some wine. Uh, I think that's one of those ones where I don't... <laughs> What's the best way to word this? There's not a lot... Of <laughs> There's not a lot of people that could, like, eat naturally on screen as well as he does. He's obviously mm-hmm. had the practice at this um, point. Yeah. So I'm sure there's other actors that would be like, oh, wow, the way he just munched on those grapes looked really weird. <laughs> I wish they wouldn't have kept that scene of him chewing in the movie, but... <laughs> hey, huh. good for Brad, I guess. Good for him. Was he, was he a snack? I would probably say no. You would oh, say yes? I'm like over here like shaking my head. I mean, come on. You say yes? How many greasy like baby oiled ab shots do you need? I mean, just I mean, in the yeah. sense of like, I know it's overplayed, the ab shots. It's a big, you know, Greek You see his buttocks soldier. in this movie. Is that true? I think so. A few you times. do see his buttocks. Yep. Do you see both cheeks or just one? I legitimately don't know i wasn't paying that much attention you were paying to attention? It. not that much oh all right well took a couple screenshots so oh, let's see you did not well i don't know i mean what do you think about i don't that? know <laughs> this <laughs> you thought i did you looked at my phone i was and like i did the... for real <laughs> no but you see his buttocks um yeah he's i mean i guess but it's the hair that ruins it for me I feel like he kind of has to be. As much as it's like an overplayed song on the radio, like, yeah, Brad Pitt running around shirtless with a sword and sandals and a, you know, Mm -hmm. loincloth or whatever, I feel like has to kind of be in the snack category. By default, I'll give it to him. I have to say, his dying scene is hilarious. It is really funny when he dies. When he gets shot and he goes, (laughs) oh, and he makes this face. It's just, it's yeah. hilarious. That's another thing where it's it's trying to put the emotion behind it with the love story, and then, you know, Legolas comes up behind him and shoots yeah. him in the in the heel. Yeah. 
And again, all the, by the way, I feel, we should have mentioned this up top. Mm-hmm. All the Greek gods and stuff are stripped out of this movie completely. Yeah, there's no mythology. What the heck? Why take out? That's like going to Chuck E. Cheese without Chuck E. Cheese, the mouse. Like, why would you Is go it? there? It's just like pizza, Is it the same? terrible pizza and an arcade without my dancing mouse. I don't know. <laughs> all right. <laughs> It's like the whole thing. Like you're going to yeah. this party that you expect to see certain things and they take the whole thing out. Can I bring up something that mm. I feel like is a goof? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. What's the goof? Okay, so it's the scene where Brad and his merry men <laughs> ransack the temple. Sure. Okay, so let's just play this out. Okay, he tells them to go into the temple and take any possessions they want. Uh-huh. They all run in there. They're all just scrambling. Scrambling. They're grabbing everything they can find. They all go in. He has that scene where he's standing on the staircase and he swirls around and chops the head off the statue. Yep. Also hilarious. Um, <laughs> Eric Bana and his gang show up. Yep. And he's like, oh, you know, he throws the, they throw the spear at him. He I wanted him to break it. into song. I wanted to be like West Side Story. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you're a Could've Brad, worked. you're a Brad. Uh, <laughs> Could have worked. <laughs> so Eric Bana and his gang show up. Brad Pitt's just watching them. Right. This is weird. He runs in the temple, and within seconds, Eric Bana and his men are in the temple. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, they're all hidden and hiding in the temple. All of Brad Pitt's What is men. this, the League of Shadows? It's like, how in the world did they hide that well in like five seconds and then surprise attack him? I know there's supposed to be this elite kind of squadron, if you will, of <laughs> yeah. soldiers, but... Okay. <laughs> Did that strike you as odd? This isn't the Foot it? Clan here. I'm just going to start naming these fictional uh, ninja gangs That's that right. I know. <laughs> yeah, it is odd. No, it is very I, odd. I didn't get that at all. It's kind of it's hokey. It's just, yeah. A little cheese on the top. Potent quotables, please. Oh, I have so many. There's th- This is one of the things where getting into the positives and that train I was talking off, if you get off the train, you can laugh at a lot of the dialogue oh, yes. in this movie because it gives you some... Big, just wiffle ball so you can smash oh, into right on a platter right there for you. <laughs> the whole plate. Can we just take turns? Just there's so many. I'll let you rattle off yours because I I want to take like the biggest one. So I'll let you have more in quantity. I my favorite is immortality. immortality. It's yeah. right there. Take it. It's yours. Yeah. We are lions. We are lions. That's okay. great. I love that speech. It like unironically yeah. love it. You do. It gets me pumped up. Oh, it really nice. does. Where I'm like, yeah, that. This is the weird thing, before you get into your other quotes. This movie has, like, a kind of slow beginning, mm-hmm. a bad ending, and an, the best part is, like, the middle. You yeah. know what I mean? Where it's, like, you can't really, like, get into it right away. You gotta bear with it. Once you get to the middle, you're like, okay, yeah, Troy, great. And then at the end, you're, like, you're let down again. So yes. it's very odd to be sandwiched between two bad pieces of bread. Yeah, and the middle is middle. the best. middle is the best. Okay, potent quote rules. Hit me, Daniel. Obviously, the best lines when he yells at Brian Cox, <laughs> "You sack of wine." What? What is that? The delivery on that it, doesn't make. That's an insult. If people are listening right now and have the ability to pause the episode and go to YouTube, and just look up that snippet. Just please. It's like saying, <laughs> "You won't be Wesley. You armchair." It's like what? <laughs> what are we doing here? I don't understand. Okay, so. I'm just going to rattle off. Yep. There's this line where Brad Pitt tells a little kid, that's why no one will remember your name. <laughs> Sink burn. <laughs> Love it. Um, <laughs> when Achilles yells, is there no one else? He yells that like six times in the beginning. Um, Brendan Gleeson says, may the gods keep the wolves in the hills and the women in their beds. 
Gosh. A lot of wife talk in this movie. Yeah. A lot of wife talk. Okay. Um, I am Ajax, breaker of bones. Look at my face in despair. Okay. <laughs> dies within two <laughs> seconds or whatever. Yeah, he does. Um, oh, when Brad does that sick burn on Eric Banner, Banner and says, perhaps your brother will comfort them <laughs> when he's talking about, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's too early in the day for killing princes. Good line. Good line. I like that. Um, not a line, but when Brian Cox is that wheezing laugh when he sees that Brendan Gleeson's kicking butt, he's like, <laughs> it's pretty great. I do like uh, a good wheezing laugh. Yeah, I love it too. Oh, keep forgetting his name. Brad's cousin in the movie. Petroleum. Petroleum. Yeah. Petroleum. <laughs> when he's not says, it. It's, close. it's petroleum. When he's, when he's trying to convince Brad to go to war and he says, I've eaten and laughed and moaned with these men. That's what I'm telling you. These what guys is going were, on? These guys were lovers. I know. I'm what just... if they like kind of like took out the context as much as they could in like a word document? It's like okay, we got to get rid of all this. And then one little <laughs> thing slipped, and they're like, ah, how'd that make it into the script? Oh, we just got to roll with it now. That's really all the quotes I have. A couple random thoughts. Paris straight up kisses a sister-in-law on the lips after Aunt Eric Bana dies. I found that a lot. Very close family. Mm-hmm. The ending. Mm-hmm. Way too abrupt. Did you get that? It was funny. Yeah. It's a three hour and fifteen minute movie. But I know, the ending that's just what I stops, it just cold. stops cold. They invade Troy. Yeah. Movie ends. Yeah. There's not really a whole lot of wrap up with the weird forced character arcs they try to put into the end of the movie. Yeah. But they don't even do those well. Like, as forced as they are, they're like, it's like they give up. They're like, is this working? Oh, no, it's not working. End the movie. Stop. Yeah. Stop production. <laughs> Everyone stop. <laughs> they lost the last few pages. They're like, well, all right. God, I guess this is over. <laughs> kind of ends with Brad Pitt's funeral. Just kind of. R.I.P. Yeah. Achilles. That's it. Sorry, buddy. All right. Final thoughts. Rewatchable scale. I won't go as far as to say this is stab my eyes, but this is not the mood, not ever and i know i've used not the mood as a good way sometimes this is a or this is usually what's the mood this is not the mood this time for sure yeah i really have no use to rewatch this again yeah i mean maybe if it's you know midnight and we need a good laugh we just try something to laugh through i probably would but no it's one and done aside from like the set pieces the battle sequences and some of the dialogue that is entertaining mm-hmm. that's like the big three and a lot of those things kind of like we said happen towards the middle and so by all yes. means it's not like there's nothing to lack on to the the biggest biggest positive for me is the relationship between hector and paris i buy them completely as brothers even mm-hmm. though i didn't like orlando bloom too much both of them gel very well where i'm like okay these yeah. are brothers who would die for each other you see that a lot more with hector Mm-hmm. It works. It works for me throughout the entire runtime of the movie. Where I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm on board with these guys. Special yeah. effects, pretty good. Yeah, no. Like I said, all the action in the special effects were pretty top notch, especially for the time. If you're, it's one of those double edged sword things where if I would recommend no this. No pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> swords. If you're into Greek mythology or you're interested in sword and sandals movies. I feel like I, I'm hesitant to recommend this because I wouldn't recommend it to anyone else, but at the same time, 
if you're into those things, does that make this movie better or worse? I don't really know. Because I'm not a huge person that's into Greek mythology or anything like that, or even those stories. And I'm not even, you know, super into the, the Iliad or the Odyssey. But I do like Sword and Sandals movies. Mm-hmm. I feel like, for me at least, as a fan of those, yeah, it's kind of like one of the ones I could leave off the list. But again, in a different timeline or a different, you know, moment, I could see someone rather enjoying this or like having yeah. it on their list of like the top 10 of those type movies. Yeah. I could see it. So, if you like dogs, check this movie out. <laughs> a lot of dogs. If you like battle sequences and sword yeah. fights, go ahead and watch you it. Like- You'll like it. There's a lot of, you get your blood pumping. There's a lot of adrenaline inducing sequences inside the movie. So that's a context in which I can recommend it. So yeah, I think there you go. Troy from the Bagel Boys. That's all we got. Tell us what your favorite sword and sandal movies that you guys like or big historical epics or even what's the longest movie that you like, like a really long movie. Cause that's what this is. It's a long movie. So give us your favorite sword and sandal, but also your favorite long movie. And when I say long, I mean in, on the corner of three hours or above three hours. Yes. 100%. Yes. How many bagels you give him this thing? 4.1. Okay. 4.1. So I, I wanted to get it to a five really badly, but I just can't. No. I can't get it to a five. And I think a lot of that has to do with the writing. It's a 4.3. Oh, we're, we're, I think we're this is the close. close we've been. Yeah. No, um, like you said, I... I I thought about giving a 4.5 even. Yeah. Just trying to get it close to a 5. But it's just the fact that I'll never rewatch this. It's just there's mm-hmm. nothing really that's in this movie that I'm just excited to go back and revisit. None of the performances, I gave them some of them a thumbs up, but none mm-hmm. of them are so good that I'd... It's a repeater or tool who's in it for a total of 15 minutes, probably. I could definitely see myself searching it on YouTube and getting the, the highlights, basically. Mm-hmm. Just as either... Examples to compare it to other fight sequences or other large historical epics, if you want to call it that, and just kind of compare and contrast between those kind of points. But other than that, I'm probably not going to watch this again. Yeah. And as we've said before, the biggest thing for bagels, other than the rewatchable scale, at least for me personally, when I come to movies, is what did I gain? Am I going to be thinking about this? A lot more, not not in the sense of like, am I going to watch it? Because it is a three-hour movie. Yeah. Even the best three-hour movies are not ones you're going to turn on every day. So, again, rewatchable scale aside, the bagels thing mainly comes from the writing for me and also the fact that I feel like, even though I prepare for these episodes a lot, this is the one that I was like, not struggling, but I just kept forgetting. I was like, oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, okay, Troy. yeah, Troy. Even that though it one. was just like what last week before this that I watched the movie, so yeah, yeah. And as far as ranking the movies, <laughs> this, this is one's at the bottom, bottom right now. So we're at we've got Oceans at the top, Fight Club, then Snatch, and so right <laughs> the caboose right now is uh, at the four spot, the highest it will ever be probably. <laughs> yeah, uh, for at least a couple more weeks is Troy at the four spot. So yeah, thanks for listening, you guys. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. You want to tell them what we're t- covering next week, Daniel? Yeah, next week is a special episode. Oh, uh, yeah? My favorite directors made this movie. Ooh. We're talking Burn After Reading. Burn After Reading. Coen Brothers movie, yeah. Coen Brothers. Love oh, those man. guys. Love this movie. I'm excited to talk about it. 
I think that'll have a much different tone than Troy. <laughs> I, night and day. Yeah. So, yeah, guys, thanks again for listening. Tell us what you've been watching. And as always, stay hungry, my friends. Stay hungry, <laughs> stay hungry my friends. Yeah, we're the Bagel Boys. Oh, okay. Yeah, stay hungry for some bagels. That sounds like the whole Guy Fieri thing again. <laughs> <laughs> Flavor Town, baby! Everything goes back to Guy. <laughs>